0: In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. They shall look on him whom they pierced. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The life of Jesus was full of grace and truth. Wisdom and love poured forth from his lips and through his hands as he cared for and taught everyone around him. He showed forth his divine power as he raised Lazarus from the dead. His love for God was passionate and zealous evidenced by the overturning of the tables of the corrupt money changers in the temple courts. The life of Jesus is unlike any other. In thought, word, and deed, the incarnate Christ lived a life of devotion to God and to God's people. But now his body lies in a tomb. What was it all for? Barabbas, the murdering robber, walks the streets again. The Roman Empire still rules over Jerusalem, over Israel, and over most of the known world. The disciples have fled. Peter has denied his Lord. Only John is known to have made an appearance at the crucifixion. What effect did the life and death of Jesus have? Have. In those initial hours, the people who had heard and seen Jesus could only speak to how he had healed them to that personal effect of his love and grace in their own lives. Thankfully, that is not all. As the church came to understand the greater significance of the cross, they talked and wrote about it and we still do. And today we can reflect on the epistle reading from the letter to the Hebrews, which gives us a wonderful treatise and helps to guide our understanding of the glorious effects of the life and death of Jesus for us. In this particular section of the epistle, the author compares the offering of the life and body to Jesus the sacrifices of the Old Testament law. The majority of the law was directed at the living of the day-to-day lives of the people of Israel. However, with full awareness that people tend to break the rules all the time, see also Adam and Eve, the law also included a series of sacrifices which served the purpose for atoning and making amends for all the times that they would violate the law. You make a mistake, you offer a sacrifice. You break the law, you pay a fine. Time after time. Once a year on the Day of Atonement, there was a particularly significant sacrifice that served to atone for the sins of the entire nation, of all the people of Israel, for all of their sins from the previous year. Year after year. After a year, where the law excels is informing us of the things that we should or should not do, of when and how we do wrongly. It wonderfully and graciously provides a guide to making restitution when we break the law. What the law could not do was actually free us from sin. This, the author of the Hebrews writes, is precisely the difference regarding the offering of Jesus' life and his body upon the cross. Relying heavenly upon Psalm 40, this passage indicates that Jesus did not simply abide under the structures of the legal system, but rather that he performed the perfect desire of God's will. He did what no mere human Could do. By being completely submitted to God the Father and to the law, Jesus completes and performs the desired behaviors of the law and achieves its effect. He fulfills it. The entire life of Jesus, including the faithful obedience to death on the cross, was and is a perfect offering and sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. And we know that it is a good and acceptable sacrifice because Sunday morning he rises from the dead. Through this one-time sacrifice, the text says you and I are sanctified. We're set apart for God. We are made holy through the cross. We are perfected. Our epistle gloriously tells us that God will no longer remember our sins and our iniquities. Let that sink in. God does not remember your sins. All of the things that you know and remember that you have done wrong, confess them for your own benefit of your soul so that you can move forward. Because God has already forgotten them. He's already put them away. There is no required payment, or penance, or penalty, or fine, or sacrifice that you need to make each and every time you sin. Jesus has already accomplished that for you. Rather, we can relish in the extravagant Expensive, brutal, bloody, and precious love of God towards us. The price that has already been paid. And seeing and feeling such love, we can then respond to him in love through renewed efforts with his help to live the life he calls us to live. A life without sin. With this freedom in Christ to live free from the bondage of sin comes also the freedom to boldly enter into God's presence. In the Old Testament temple, the Holy of Holies could only be entered once a year by the high priest and was otherwise hidden by a veil. The veil that rents in two when Christ dies on the cross. Christ enters God's presence as our high priest. He opens the way. He cleanses our sins so that we, too, with Christ, can be in God's presence. The church father, John Chrysostom, says that we enter into the holiest things. We enter into the faith. We enter into the spiritual service of God. We are made perfectly sinless by Christ. We can boldly approach God And furthermore, the author of the Hebrews says that with these things, we can then be encouraged to live out our shared faith together. We are challenged to rightly and tightly hold on to our faith and to not waver, remembering and relying on God's promise to help us. Not only individually to rely on these promises, but to carefully think about one another within the church how we can vigorously stir up one another to acts of sacrificial, self-giving and love, to doing good works. All of this best done in the context of regular and frequent meetings together as the body of Christ. Christostom would further tell us that, quote, much strength arises from being an assembling together and that our association increases our love, to love more and to be loved more. Through our gathering together, which is what the writer of the Hebrews encourages us to do, in the context of our shared faith, we help each other grow more and more into the love of God and to the love of our neighbor, encouraging sanctifying and helping continue to work with each other to be freed and cleansed of our sin. As you reflect upon the cross today, remember both its benefit and its call. Christ said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Hear that call. Draw near to Christ and to the Father. Draw near with the assurance that your sins have been washed clean. Take with you the encouragement and love of your fellow Christians alongside you who stand in God's presence with you. Glory be to God. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.